Hi guys. On today's episode of We Need Therapy, Josh and I try our hand at product placement to seek some sponsorship for this podcast. We take a deep dive into each other's embarrassing social media accounts. And we have a discussion about how your history on social media can affect your life as a young professional. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Did you just come up with that yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Another week. Another week. Um, how do you feel after that last episode that we did? Depressed? No. Yeah, I'm as okay. did everyone else that listened to it. I know. God, I feel bad for our listeners. No, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. New week, new me, new challenge, new personality. I was going to say, so that's symptomatic of your bipolar, isn't it? <laughs> we shouldn't joke about that. I think, are we, a po- are we a comedy podcast or a mental health podcast? We are nothing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little Art Simone joke there if you watch Drag Race. How's your week been? Um, Apart from putting the pieces back together of your life, my week's been good. That's true. I have been leaning on you a lot this week. Too much. We've had a lot of conversations outside of this podcast and I think sometimes I forget what we've recorded and what we've said face to face. (laughs) That's so true. Because I used to have a lot of my good stories during the week and now I just can't be bothered retelling them. Yeah, try actually having to do a record with you and reliving it again and trying to be in the moment. Well, if that's not trauma, I don't know what it is. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep last episode. <laughs> I was doing the edits and I, I reckon there was a 10-minute gap there where I did not say anything. I think you might be right. I um, I spoke to someone who listens to the podcast. Apparently she listens when she's going to bed. It really puts her to sleep. Okay. So, yeah, some great feedback. Hey, yeah. any listens a good listen. We're going to take anything. We're going to take this all the way to the top. I reckon Hollywood. Well, I, I reckon it's about time we get some sponsors. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because, um, you know, I've just got, oh, I've got something to eat here. I'm just going to open these. Have you had burger rings before? I've not had burger rings before. Are you even Australian? These are the taste of Australia. Tell me more about well, I'm burger just gonna rings. Pop some in my mouth. Oh my God, that's delicious. That tastes like a full burger sensation. It's like having a meal, but a snack at the same time. I mean, I love burger rings and yeah, I mean, if anyone from the burger rings company want to sponsor us, we're more than happy to take your cash, basically. <laughs> I see you've got something there to eat as well. You know, watching you eat that burger ring has made me a bit peckish. And, yeah. Oh, what's this? Is that a can of Pringles? It is a can of Pringles. What does that sound like when you open it? Oh, this is like ASMR. That actually sounded really sexy. Once you pop that, I feel like you're not going to be able to stop eating them. Once I put it in my mouth. Ew. Oh, my God. Do you think somebody just climaxed listening to this? Hey, I I really like Pringles because they come in that really rigid kind of cylinder structure. You can just put that in your backpack or your school bag. That's kind of the perfect snack for anything, isn't it? Do you know what I love about the size of the hole? What is that? Is that I can't fit my hand in it anymore. So once I get through the first few layers... (laughs) I can stop eating. Well, that that would be a first. <laughs> now, thinking about those Pringles has got me a little bit packaged for something else. Have you seen this before? This is a special edition Snickers bar. Is this a We Need Therapy special edition Snickers bar? It totally is. I'm just going to unwrap this now. Wow. And these are at Coles just for the next few days. So, oh, wow. That's amazing. Got a real caramel flavour. And what makes that Snickers bar different to the uh, generic Snickers bar? Well, this is a peanut 
peanut brownie one. So you can't get these many places apart from Coles. Again, Coles, a huge promoter of hopefully in the future this podcast. Coles um, or Woolworths or Aldi or IGA. Oh, no, let's just pick one and then we'll like uh, really target that. I don't think we need to pick. I think they need to pick <laughs> us. <laughs> we're not that big. That was. <laughs> You know, if I keep eating this fucking Snickers bar, I'm going to be pretty big. I mean, I think they're slimming is what I meant to say. Speaking of slimming, I've got here a Natural Confectionery Co. Party mix of lollies. Oh, don't chop the dinosaur, Daddy. So on this packet, it says no artificial colours or flavours, unlike you and me. Well, that's true. My face is full of Botox. (laughs) Do you just want to open them? Oh, wow. Do you know what my favourite... Party mix is always the grape snake. Yeah, that big anaconda. You always want something that you don't have. <laughs> For those of you at home, Josh is currently deep throating <laughs> the a snake. snake. The, the lolly snake, that is. And you're going to get the lolly out as well? Or <laughs> Do you think we'll get any sponsors out of that? I, I, you'd be surprised. I think we're very good with our words. Well, I don't know about that. Have you listened to this podcast? We can barely get a fucking sentence out. Well, that was exhilarating and really excited to see all the sponsors come rolling through after that riveting display of product placement. I know. It was very subtle. The Mm. thing is, I don't think the listener, well, our listeners are not very, they're not very bright, are they? They won't realise that that was product placement. No, no, no. Especially when I put that Pringle in my mouth. Is that what you called it? <laughs> I saw that video from you on the weekend as well and I was not impressed. <laughs> it was very small. It looked like a fucking Pringle. Was that the video that we made together? Or? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, let's divert that. Smart stepping away. Tell me, what, what, what else have you been up to this week? Uh, basically intense therapy. Oh, God. I've gone up to weekly sessions now. We are so one pace. It's either smart or depression. I know. Well, this is like a combination of two because I was kind of laughing during the sessions, but... I think I'm getting on better with my therapist now. And getting along with your therapist better. I think I am a little bit. After not, 18 months. Basically. I'm not sure if he liked me when I first started. <laughs> but I feel like now he kind of gets me a little bit. Um, so I've been, yeah, obviously I had therapy yesterday. and We did a lot of um, just like reflecting kind of things that I'd learned. I've always wanted homework, but he never gives me any homework. Have you ever asked him for homework? Yes, I did once, and he gave me a 120-page questionnaire. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. Did you do it? I did, yeah, but then I never never did it again. Well, I never asked for homework again. Um, but, yeah, no, therapy is going well. Are you still going? Yeah, but I've pushed out to every six weeks or so. She's a hard lady to tie down. Really? Mm. I, she's. I think she owns the clinic that I go to. So. Oh wow, boss. Only lady. the best for me. Well, I mean, if anyone's been near your mental state, they need a real professional on that. That's why she takes six weeks off in between. <laughs> she's like, "Fuck this shit." <laughs> um, do you know what happened with like the the federal government and the mental health subsidy sessions? Did you hear about yeah, that? Yeah, they've um, originally over COVID, you could get twenty sessions a calendar year subsidized yes. for mental health intervention. Have they brought that back down to yes. 10? Yeah, it's 10 now. So I had to stop going for a little while and go back to the doctor and then there was a whole mix up with the COVID stuff. So I had a bit of a break, but I'm back on the, the, the sponsored sessions now because those things are expensive. How much is yours? 260 Yeah, mine's 240 
Sounds like you really need to bump it up because <laughs> you're quite high risk. Well, there's been a lot of backlash about them cutting back the sessions, but I see two arguments for it. Mm. I see that the demand for psychology is so intense that there's so many people who can't get in or mm-hmm. can't see a psychologist frequently enough because, you know, there's people going 20 times in a calendar year. On the other hand, it's it's very expensive. People need that subsidy for their mental health. Mm-hmm. And I, I sit on the fence. I'm leaning towards I can understand why they've done it just because I've seen people, so many people struggle, miss out on being able to get intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are. Well, it's a funding issue. The federal government doesn't have any money, basically. Mm. So that's the reason they cut the subsidy back. And I did read an article in The Australian about they did like a, some some research came out that there was no benefits from getting 10 sessions and then 20 sessions. Yep. And I think it was like the most common diagnoses people seek help for, like depression, anxiety. So I think when they look at a cost-cutting measure, they just went, well, everyone can go with 10 because we don't have the money Mm. to fund it, basically. I also don't think there's enough psychs out there to provide enough services as well. Yes, I I agree. The wait lists are are crazy. Mm. But I think you also have to recognise that, you know, we're in a position where we can pay privately and shop around. And while the subsidy is, you know, really great, if I had a need for psych... I would still go regardless of the subsidy. But I know that a lot of people who access those services, they they can't afford to go private or yep. they can't afford not to have the subsidy. Mm, absolutely. And I guess, you know, we're lucky that we've got private health insurance as well. Mm, that's true. That can cut down quite a big chunk of the fee. Yeah, it's an expensive service. Mm. All right, well, that's enough of the deep shit for now. Yeah, we did a lot of that last few weeks. I mean, knowing the way that we go to, we're going to try something right now and then it's just going to end up us breaking down towards the end of the session anyway. Aren't you live streaming a funeral straight after this? (laughs) Isn't that how you're going to lift up the spirits? Quite literally the spirits into the new world. Well, I want to segue something popped up on my socials recently and it involved you. Oh God, really? From about 10 years ago. Wow, I must have looked pretty sexy back then. <laughs> I've, I've actually seen your photos from back then. <laughs> that is not sexy. I know. For those listening at home, I used to have some terrible outfits that I used to wear when I was 18. And one of them was, um, I used to wear acid wash jeans that were four sizes too big on the waist, a tight collared black shirt with short sleeves and a black detachable hood, which I used a to... Detachable f- a detachable hood. detachable hood. And it was a collared shirt, by the way. And I used to flick the hood on and off when I walked in and out of the club. Oh. And I used to pair that with white shoes, those slip-on shoes with no laces. Oh, my God. The, um, the ones that you get from Big W? Yeah, those yeah, ones. Yeah. yeah. So I was looking pretty cool. By the way, I wore that to a job interview with Flight Centre when I was 18. I went for a job with Flight Centre. Imagine people coming in and seeing that behind the oh desk. Acid God. wash jeans, white Removable shoes, hood. a detachable black hood. It's pretty bad. Um, so anyway, if I say the word Adele. Yes. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. So I, I found this um, sound grab of yours from... 10 years ago, about you trying to get Adele tickets. That's right, on Smallsy's surgery. Smallsy's surgery. What a name. It's like... It's some great alliteration, isn't it? It is. We should think of that something for us. Jordan's... Jungle? Ah, that's terrible. Anyway, I'm going to press play now. 
Are you mocking me or are you trying to be Adele? Because my Adele was perfect. It's so much so you confused yourself to who you were. I know. I thought he asked who was on the phone. <laughs> well, that's before she lost all that weight and I was particularly chubby at that stage. So <laughs> Talk about the removable hood. Is it Adele? Is it Jordan? I don't know. <laughs> Just flip, flipping back and forth. So I can't believe you <laughs> played that. That There was a bit of a story with that, actually. Um, I was at work when they called me. And I had to run, I was serving in the bar because I used to work in hospitality. I had to run out the back and answer the phone. And then I think that's why I was so flustered because when I answered the phone and he said, who is it? I thought it was still part of the game. I thought we was, everyone was meant to say Adele. So <laughs> looking Wait. back, it's ridiculous, but it was so funny. So this is like radio broadcasting 101. Like we'll get some, we'll call people and then they have to plug our show by saying something funny like I wake up with today. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Did they prep you in telling you that they will call you or did you actually have to answer the phone? No, that's one of the secrets of radio. They basically call you two hours before to say, we're going to call you in two hours. You need to have your phone on you and you need to answer it. So it's not as like, yeah, it wasn't a total, I wasn't, it's not like I was fucking answering the phone for the next three days going, hello, (laughs) While you're at flight centre, like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, this, yeah. So, and the other thing is, those tickets I got for Adele, and that's when she had a sold-out stadium show, they were valued at $350 each. Yeah, I remember I got mum tickets for that for Christmas, and I think we paid about 500 for hers. Yeah, so ours were front row VIP. There was like a rotating stage mm. in Subiaco Stadium. I didn't go. I sold Two tickets, $700 cash I got. Wait, so you got these tickets from radio for free and then you on-sold them? I totally did. And you know what? I have no um, fucking regret about that because I told the person that I had won them and this is back when I was at uni and I think my car registration had just come through and it was about $500 and I couldn't afford it. So I sold the tickets and managed to... What? And Nova were fine with that? Yeah, no, no, you can sell them once you get them. Really? They're physical tickets. Like, Oh, geez, I thought they had like a whole, you know, they take you there. They're like, No, we didn't. Maybe I wasn't V, VIP. I was just VIP that day. My God, you little hustler, you. I know, I'll, I'll do anything for some money. <laughs> but that was a, um, I mean, social media, it's like we've been chatting about during the week. It's this really weird phenomenon because once you put something out there, it's out there forever, right? Oh, I know. And it got me down the wormhole having a look at some of your stuff online. Yes, I can imagine there's probably a few things. What have you found? And it's actually quite funny because I know, like, I've got some incriminating stuff on my yeah, social media. Yeah, I actually had a look at some of yours and we're going to get to that later. <laughs> but you can do me first if you'd like. <laughs> I'm not doing it any time. <laughs> Just the, the constant self-promotion of yourself. You have to be your own biggest supporter in this world. Nobody's going to do it for you. Well, here he was a, a status of yours from 2016. And oh God. Oh, I'm just going to read it out. I have, I have a few thoughts. It says, life is full of surprises, especially unwanted ones like <laughs> today when I was walking to class from the car park 
and stumbled across a young, skinny Asian boy wanking in his car. <laughs> was that you? I was going to say, 2016, I was at Curtin. You know what? Was that the first moment we met? <laughs> Um, I, I remember that very clearly, and I stand by that status. Young, skinny Asian boy wanking in his car. Yeah, unfortunately, I saw way too much of it. Um, oh, fudge, I remember that day. It was really bad. Basically, there was a car. I was walking to uni. It was early in the morning, and there was a, a path that everyone walks, and because my house was really close to the university, I used to approach it on, like, a diagonal, and I did notice there was a car vacant in this huge car park and I didn't have to walk directly by it, but I just kind of like, I came within about 25 metres. You came where? (laughs) No, that would have been a hell of a show, wouldn't it? (laughs) 25 metre shot, my God. Um, No, I had to walk diagonally by it and I just flicked my head because I noticed that there was someone in a car, which I thought was very strange, and I didn't see any of the... I mean, I didn't see any of the staff, but I saw some vigorous hands moving down below oh the dashboard. God. Yeah, it wasn't good. Must have been a very confusing time for you. Well, I think he was more confused because he looked at me and I basically saw the whites of his eyes. Oh, my God. It was it was Yuck. terrible. That is enough. I do not need to hear it anymore. I know. I don't know. Maybe he listens to this podcast. This, this next one is quite funny because... Oh, okay. That's unique from me. I don't know what kind of, you know sexuality experience you went through when you were younger, but this one says, the awkward moment when you're showing an eight-year-old and you and his mum your Xbox on Gumtree and you say, I used to play this a lot when I was your age, as your old characters flash up on the home screen. You have named the characters Cunt Face oh. and Pussy Patrol. I know. I remember this as well. Pussy Patrol. I know. <laughs> My friend and I used to think that was a hilarious name to call characters on oh, Xbox. Oh, God. Yeah, that was really embarrassing. I sold that probably like I hadn't played it for maybe five years and I didn't even know what games were in there. They asked me to, to turn it on just to check them. And um, what was it? I think it was like... I'm sorry, I can't get over Pussy Patrol. I know, it's really bad. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. I think it was something like that because I had that game. Oh, my God. And What did you call your characters' names? You must have had some fun ones. I remember on RuneScape, my name was Darth Jedi 3. Okay. That's still your um, Hotmail, isn't it? <laughs> MSN chat? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to you being a bit of a, a breadcrumber towards women. Uh-oh. Just downloaded Tinder. This is 2013. Were you out? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. God, yeah. Just downloaded Twinder. Twinder. Have I, what the fuck's Twinder? Twit. I like to remind the ladies of what they're missing out on, dot, dot, dot. Hashtag, you will never get this. Oh, God. That's a really bad one. I think that came from the Borat movie. And I just love this. I know line. people can't see this, but directly underneath that post was a friend who posted on your timeline <laughs> saying, go and fucking fist yourself. <laughs> She listens to this podcast. I know that she listens to this podcast. And I don't know, Phoebe, I don't know what that was in reference to. So, Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, there were some good ones on, on my Facebook. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're up to 2011 now. This is where it gets really, really cringe. Going to see the Twilight movie by myself tonight, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Love heart, being single, XD, lol. Oh, God. 
That's really bad. And then the day after, the best way to end your weekend is definitely to snuggle in bed with someone. Smiley face. Oh, fuck. I don't remember who that was. Oh, my God. What is with your obsession or non-obsession with Asians before you met me? <laughs> 2011, more uni wins for Jord. When choosing lunch at the uni food court today, I asked the, in bunny ears, oriental serving lady what she thought of the chicken burger. Jeez, that's offensive. Her response, chicken. What? <laughs> that is really bad. I've come through a long way with my cultural appreciation. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, talk about cultural appropriation. 2011, Australia versus Samoa. I think they were playing rugby or something. Yes, that's right. Come on, you island of fatties. We need a victory. I'm allowed to say that because I'm Samoan. <laughs> Black people can say the N-word. I'm allowed to say that. Can you say, all right, 2011, I am a vagina decliner. You know what? My sister enforced that term on me, so you can thank her. <laughs> vagina decliner. How bad is that? Oh. I've been trying to weave that into a joke for the last 20 years. Still haven't managed it. I think you've done it in one podcast. 2010, I am gonna take you, just you, back, B-A-K, to my house. Oh, that was a song. That was a <laughs> pop song. Okay. And we used to, I used to do Body Jam, which was like Les Mills dancing, and that was in that. Yeah, pretty bad, hey? Oh. Has decided to open up a sex shop. Don't ask. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. <laughs> Back to the sex shop one. What year was that? Okay, 2009. Well, I don't know why you were so vicious on me then because I've found some stuff on your socials as well. Although I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as that. But you used to have a couple of Twitter accounts, didn't you? Do you want to tell the world about them? I, I did. That was a, a very long time ago. Well, I mean, as I said before, social media is forever, right? It, to an extent, but... Turns out after 10 years on Twitter, they delete your tweet. So I'm officially in the clear. Well, I found someone that are they're pretty lame. <laughs> um, you had an account called Gleeky Boy, didn't you? Yeah, I had two accounts. I had a main account and then a burner account. Oh, okay. Gleeky well, Boy was a burner account. I need to burn out a hole in my eyes from reading these. Pretty bad. One of the first things you posted was running into a wall with an erection and breaking your nose. Do you want to talk about that? Because we've been making jokes for years about you having a really small willy and it seems like you were the original person to start I that. am the original dickhead, apparently. <laughs> so did that actually happen to you or...? No, that was me making a joke about being a dickhead. I, I know, oh. that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the LGBT community has really, like, you know, they use the word daddy a lot. It means, like, a strong man who's very sexy, but... In 2013, you were using that word. You've posted a picture of a surf and turf and you've written, happy birthday, daddy. Daddy. Uh, <laughs> that was actually my dad's birthday. Oh. 20th of March. How can we put a winky face and a love heart next to it then? Because I love my dad. There is deep. actually a winky face next to it. <laughs> And then you've asked for some, uh, well, I guess some tips on styling. You said, what do you call this wavy hairstyle on girls? I la la love it. <laughs> I do still la la love it. <laughs> I have nothing to hide. So that was from your Twitter, but you also have some really good stuff from your Facebook as well. In 2013, you posted, 
losing my concert virginity to Ricky Lee tonight. She's oh. so beautiful. ASDF Samuel KJ. Oh, that's when you go, when you slam on the keyboard because you're losing your shit. Right. That's what we used to do back then. And how was your Ricky Lee virginity? Well, when you put it that way, it actually sounds quite sexy. Well, I mean, what, what happened at the concert? Um, we were staying at Crown in Melbourne. It was a family trip and it was my sister's birthday. And wow. Ricky Lee was playing and I was like, oh, I love Ricky Lee. I think I've mentioned her name on this podcast before. She's the one that was like on Australian, Australian Idol. She Idol. got like fourth or something. Yeah, she's stunning. She was on radio for a bit, loved her and went to a concert and did a meet and greet with her. Really? Mm-hmm. Can you name three Ricky Lee songs right now? Like it like that? What? I thought it was Guy Sebastian. Hey, oh, no, that's do you Cardi like B. it like that? Oh, I like it like Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't, but the me of 2013 definitely could. <laughs> so she wasn't, she hasn't had a long standing influence on your life, has she? No, but she was important for a little component of it, just like you. <laughs> Four years and counting, baby. <laughs> Now, you've also got some other stuff here. In 2012, you posted, Eurovision is so beautiful. The host accents are just so sexy, though. Oh, my God. And then the Australian commentators speak. Just shut up, please. I stand by that. All right. And directly under that, Glee graduation, sad face. My life is so broken. What is there to live for anymore? Four question marks, sad face. Underneath, when I become depressed and fail my exams, you know why. Oh, my God. I have no defense of that. That's shocking. So what was the great, What was the Glee <laughs> graduation? I think it was the um, end of season three or four and they oh, just you, graduated from school. Did you think the series was over? The series probably should have been over after that. <laughs> you yeah. know what? Because they really did continue it on for many years. So I'm, I was sitting here going, okay, that's like halfway through the entire run of the show. Why are you so upset? Now, this feeds into something we spoke about before. This one just says karaoke time, eight exclamation marks. There was a lot of that on your page. Just kind of a couple of words and then exclamation marks. Of karaoke or? Yeah. No, just just this. Karaoke time. Oh, my God. So, yeah, as I've mentioned before, between the, the period of 2007 and 2012, I didn't really have any friends. And I know your Facebook <laughs> has told me that. You don't need to rehash that it. Karaoke time. I'm pretty sure it was just me at home with my family's karaoke machine and I was just singing. Was your family even there? No. That's my first question. No, I didn't think so. Now, I want to ask you... Um, How's your pelvic floor going? How's my pelvic floor? How's well, it going? Are you? It's not received much action in, in a long time, so <laughs> That's a bit gross. it's a bit loose down there. I want to ask, because you've written here in 2012, NCISLA and Hawaii 50 crossover, excuse me while I wet myself with excitement. <laughs> Again, four exclamation marks. It was very exciting. Did you wear, like, pull-ups or was it, like, a, a Eurodome for that? <laughs> no one knows what a Eurodome is. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I was just worried. I was worried about your continence needs. Now, this one says, lost one of my eye contacts crying, sad face. No one's liked that. <laughs> Underneath it, the word grand final, four question marks. Yeah, this is when I was at my athletic prowess and played three grand finals in a row. <laughs> and lost all of them. <laughs> and in 2011, you wrote, so apparently, according to my dentist, I look like a New Zealander. 
and I've got nice teeth, smiley face. Directly under that, rest in peace, granddad. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Uh, that is a real juxtaposition. <laughs> That kind of shows you what was happening in your feed at that time. Are those two things related? I mean, we've done a deep dive into each other's socials and I think it's been pretty shocking. I think it highlights how far we've come. Well, yes, that's true. But, I mean, we do have some more deeper thoughts around social media. So let's talk about what socials you use. So, Josh, what are you on at the moment? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, um, Twitter... LinkedIn. All right, that's enough. You don't need to. Be real. Hinge, Tinder, Bumble, plenty of fitness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm on, I use Instagram for everything. I use that for messaging and photos and videos and whatever. I'm not on TikTok. I don't use Facebook anymore in any capacity. I do use the Messenger app and that's kind of it. Mm. So for me, everything's really concentrated on Instagram. It's funny. I, I see social media as like a, a generational thing. So for your, your boomers or your Gen Xs and above, they're on Facebook. For your Gen Y and Gen Zs, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then the younger generation, Snapchat and TikTok. Yeah. The Snapchat one's very interesting because I feel like, as you said, that is for younger people. And I think it's quite it's quite devious, right? If you're sending nudes, it's very Snapchat-based. Mm. Is that what your kind of experiences are with Snapchat? Uh, sending nudes? Well, just like, do you find that younger people yeah, are y- using that? Younger people use Snapchat so much. Like, Have you been talking to someone they've asked for your Snapchat <laughs> I before? I thought you meant you're talking. Am I talking to any young people? <laughs> oh, no, I'm trying to have a serious conversation. <laughs> oh, is this where we be serious now? I thought you were taking yeah. a piss. Yeah, yeah, no, a lot of young people, like my cu- younger cousins, they're all on Snapchat. Mm. Um, it's unreal. Like, I've still got Snapchat, but me and my group of friends, we barely use it. No, I can't really see a need for it in my life. Because mm. it's the whole thing about the expiring photo, right? Yeah. So if you want to put something out there, it might be a bit sexy, or maybe it's just controversial and you don't want that linked mm. to you forever. It's kind of gone. I noticed that if you're talking to a guy on Grindr, or if you're a gay guy on any kind of social apps... If somebody asks me for my Snapchat, which again I don't don't I have one but I don't use, I either just ignore them or block them because really? it usually means that they're under twenty five and I'm not interested in that. Is that a little red flag for you? Well, it's a yeah, it is for me because I feel like I associate Snapchat with immaturity. I don't know if you ever make that connection. Just based on my experiences, the people who are on Snapchat are the ones who are interested in like just forever talking and just I don't I don't know. Maybe it's more of that, like, hookup culture. Yeah, I must say I'm not a fan of people who have conversations on Snapchat because when I'm on my phone, you know, it's quite common for me to have 10 or 15 conversations at a time with people. I want to actually screen the conversations before I open it and interact yeah. with them. Whereas on yeah. Snapchat, all you can say They're is disappearing messages, this person they? is typing and I'm like... Yeah. And so what are your experiences on using something like Instagram? What do you use that for? Um, I use Instagram as my little fix for dopamine. Okay. Um, I, I love it. Oh, I, I don't love looking at other people's stuff on Instagram. Like it's quite common that 
I don't watch anyone's stories apart from maybe my close crew or people I'm interested in. Do you look at your own stories a lot? Oh, absolutely. I think everybody does. Mm. I think that's the dirty little secret of oh, Instagram. It's, it's terrible. Like, yeah. You post something and you look at to see how it's reacting. Well, it's not even looking at how it's reacting. It's looking at whether specific people have viewed your story. Oh, okay. Like, when I put something out there, I don't give a fuck about you seeing it or any of my other friends seeing it. I specifically am just looking for, oh, is this person watching my story? Am I still relevant in this person's life? Is that from a romantic point of view, like a sexual point of view? Yeah, yeah, a bit of both, yeah, for sure. I mean, anyone that has me on Instagram, I post a lot of shit yeah, on there. That's true. And usually, like, if I'm bored and I just want a dopamine fix, I have a really engaged following on Instagram. Like, I have a lot of loyal friends and people I'm close with. So I know every time I post something, I can have four or five conversations start from it. That's not that engaging. Because yeah. you don't have that, a lot of followers. <laughs> I was thinking, like, 100 people would reply every time you post something. You mean four or five people? Okay. It's all relative. It definitely is all relative. <laughs> Are you interested in growing your Instagram following? No, not really. You like to keep it small? Yeah, yeah. Because That's... I put a lot of like, con- not controversial shit, but y- you kind of have to know me to understand what I'm putting out there. Like mm. I'm very brash and brazen. Have you ever got in trouble for your Instagram account? Oh God, yeah. In what way? Work, friends. What has work said? Hey. Yeah, no, I've I've been talked to about my socials by a few people. Okay. I know originally my Instagram handle was SexyOT. I, I remember back <laughs> to those days. And at one of the previous organisations I used to work for, that name sort of managed to filter its way to the top. And yeah. they're like, oh, like he's got this account called SexyOT. Um, it brings up certain connotations, doesn't it? I think it sums me up perfectly, actually. Well, not the sexy part. And I don't even know if you're an OT. Are you registered? But because like um, with any job that I do, I do a lot of self-promotion for the people I work for or marketing and and whatnot. So I think to have that link of sexy OT and like me doing good stuff for the organisation, I think the juxtaposition there, they were like, oh, maybe if you just change your name to something a bit more appropriate. Yeah, Um, it wasn't like a... It wasn't like a slap on the wrist. It was more just like an aside, like a conversation of... Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any other examples? Another example is like a lot of people that I work with, whether if they have small businesses or if they have families that have Instagram accounts, I'd like, I'd promote them on Mm -hmm. my story as per the family's request. So I'd post pictures with the people that I work with. Yeah, like um, clients. Yeah, with, with, and tag like the mum's Instagram account. And I had someone complain that I was posting pictures of my clients on social media. Without consent. Well, just they just had that accusation. So that went pretty high up and then I had met with the managers but I had specifically said, mm. look, this is what I put out. This is all above the board. This is all had consent from the family. I'm actually promoting what we do and promoting disability. Yeah, Ooh. it's a really tough type rope to walk, right? Because you want to be doing the promotion for the organisations you work for. But then you have to be positive in every other of your interactions. You can't be kind of like, yeah, promoting, linking yourself to a client or a family and then getting pissed on the weekend or at a festival. It's it's really tricky, isn't it? Once you kind of make that link, yeah, then, you're, yeah. then you are linked for life. And because that's basically my Instagram, like you're, during the weekdays yeah. and then the weekends I'm absolute fuckwit. Like. And I think that's, I think a lot of young professionals will identify with that 
it's a really tough decision to make. And I think often we err on the side of caution, keep our accounts really private. Maybe people utilise things like close friends to post things that they just want to keep a much tighter audience to. I know in the past I kept my Instagram really private and I would screen everybody who requested to follow me. And then in recent years, I, I opened it up and decided that, no, this is my life and you know, I'm going to post things on here that I'm happy to stand by. But mm. yeah, it is really tricky, especially when you get into that client realm because clients often have Instagrams and if they're doing a therapy journey or um, the progression of their life or their condition, some people are really proud about that. Oh, absolutely. And they want you to follow their journey and they want you to promote their journey. But it's so wrapped up in the world of funding bodies and state legislation and company and organisational expectations mm. that, yeah, I think it's it's best to always err on the side of caution. And I, I mean, I've spoken to you about your account at times as well about whether you should post something. <laughs> Sometimes you don't always take my advice. I don't but think I ever take your advice. That's okay. But it's interesting and like obviously my my Instagram channel isn't my name. Like I, I have a, a fake last name. You do. On most of my socials. And I think for me that's me protecting myself from like I've had families and clients be quite open in me and saying, Oh, I tried to find you on Facebook or I've tried to find you on Instagram mm. but you don't exist. And that's been, yeah, very strict. How do you approach that? What's your answer? Um, I just say I don't have it. True. Does anyone believe that though? No, absolutely not. Yeah. But it's like, it's enough to put that boundary in place and they get the message around, oh, well, if he was interested in adding me on socials then he'd tell me what his account is. And yeah, I do have some people mostly on Facebook that I've previously worked with or some on Instagram, but I tend to just mute them. Yeah. Do you use that feature a lot, muting people or selecting who can see certain parts of your story or your grid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually when I'm excluding friends from catch-ups. <laughs> it's a very powerful move, muting. It, it absolutely is. I'm not ashamed to say that I I screen my story from a lot of people that I work with or that are in my family. And I know my family listen to this and I know that they know that they're being <laughs> blocked from certain parts of my social. So I'm presence. not blocked on, on Jordan's socials, but I kind of wish I was based <laughs> on some of the stuff he's put out. You're not in my close friends list. <laughs> so I, I utilise I don't even that. think you're following me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I utilise close friends to post content that I don't want everyone to see. And I use my story to post content that I don't want everyone to see as well by just restricting people. Mm. I'm not ashamed about that. And if somebody asks me, like, oh, how come I'm not in close friends, I just answer because I put content on there that could offend someone in your life or you're connected in, in a, to me in a way that I don't, that I don't think should be publicised in that way. I, I'm honest about it. I don't think you have a right to know every single part of someone's life. And that person has a right to show people different parts of their life at different times. Mm. I think that's just part of being a professional and protecting yourself. That's the way that I protect my professional integrity. And maybe if you look at my social media, you think I probably don't do that very well. But that's just my way of yeah, how I reason to myself with having an open account obviously you open yourself up. Yeah, because your, your account's open and also has your first and last name. No, it doesn't. It I took that off took about off. six months ago. But do you know what? Google can't seem to unlink it. If you uh, Google my first and last name, it still comes up. Yeah, it's actually, that's a very good piece of advice, Googling your name every couple of months, mm. seeing what's out there. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure I'm very low profile. I do have this 
below level podcast linked to me though. So oh, really? I've got to try and unlink that to my name. <laughs> I, I think it's going to die. So not many people are listening. <laughs> so social media, what are the some of the pros and some of the cons in your experience? Well, we've spoken about how I love or not love, I need that kind of constant distraction in my life. So social media is 24-7. You can pick it up in the middle of the night when you can't sleep and you can get that kind of hit of connection or Mm. distraction if you're having a fight with your partner or you're having a bad day at work. So I really like that. But the more I use it, the more I become addicted to it. Yeah. And I think there's been a real rise recently on social media, but then also these kind of like self-help groups and social media limiting time apps that are really focusing on how negative it can be for your mental health. Mm. And while I've always identified with that, I just don't think I'm ready to put it down yet. I've never really felt like I have the urge to download those limiting apps because I really enjoy it. Mm. I completely agree that the dopamine fix that I get from being on social media is way stronger than my desire to be off it. Exactly. And I feel like there's just this world that I'm fully connected to. It's like I'm plugged into the World Wide Web, which we literally are with our phones in our hands all day long. And I don't think I'm ready to give that up yet. I don't know how to substitute it. And I think I still need it. Mm. I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel the exact same way. So I've got no idea how to help you here. (laughs) I did try and download one of those apps to limit but then I just find that whenever the, the timer goes off, you know, I just basically snooze it or I go into the yeah. app and then restrict its permissions again. Yeah, because I'm mid-conversation with someone and I'm really engaged in this conversation and yeah. then it just switches off. I know. I don't know. I, I envy those people that can... That don't have friends? Well, that's you basically, <laughs> isn't it? That can put their phones away or can switch off those apps, but it, I'm not one of them. I will say there is one thing that I do. I I use do not disturb mode a lot on my phone and I use that when I'm working and when I'm sleeping and they're basically the only times when I will silence all my notifications. Mm. Is that something that you do as well? Yeah. Not even at work. Like I'd constantly be getting buzzes during sessions or during work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's almost like every time I watch vibrates, I just, I feel this hit. Yeah. It's it's so bad. It's... And what kind of goes through your head when you get a notification like that? It's like it could just be crap, like, but it's just unwanted right now, I think, is the first. So you feel like a, a positive emotion every time you get that kind of reassurance that someone's yep. reaching out. Yeah, a, a notification me means that, you know, someone wants me. Like I'm important to someone at that particular moment in time. Right, right. Do you ever have a, do you ever get a notification and feel like dread if you're I don't know? maybe having an argument with someone in your family or... Oh, yeah, no, like I get negative, like, messages all the time, well, quite often, and, yeah, it does fill me with dread, usually when it's about some sort of confrontation or how I've pissed someone off, yeah. Yeah, I feel that as well. And I guess in in that moment in time when I know that message is coming, every notification that comes through, I'm just like, fuck, is this the one, is this the one? Yes, that real kind of sense of not anxiety but just waiting for... Yeah, that that notification. If you're maybe if you fired off, not fired. Maybe if you've sent off a message to a girl that you like, and it's particularly, oh, you know, okay. do you yeah. want to catch up yeah. for, for the movies or something? For the movies, I, I don't know how old you are, like fourteen. <laughs> but 
Yeah, and then you're waiting for that response back. And then every single notification you get from then on is just frustrating yep, to disappointment. you. Disappointment, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what originally the message is going to be when you finally read it. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't have to jump right <laughs> to it. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it is that fine balance around if I'm in a good headspace and it's bang, 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 good emotions. Oh, that's a good headspace. <laughs> <laughs> if not, then, yeah, it, it's that dread. It's that, oh, when is this person going to message me? Mm. Why is this person messaging? Like, or like, say, you know, you and I are, are, are talking quite often throughout the week. Yeah. But if I'm talking to this girl or trying to, you know, initiate something and I see your face pop up on my phone, instant disappointment. Oh, I thought you were going to talk like cross-wiring and you're going to kind of like ask me out on a date. <laughs> and then you woke up from your dream. A wet dream, I should <laughs> <have>. <laughs> But I mean... How do you feel about the notion that social media is forever? Because, I mean, we kind of joked around, you know, what's on our profiles, but there could potentially be some stuff that one day will get us cancelled or... Yeah, no, I guess you you see it all the time with celebrities in the media. Yeah, exactly. Or even, like, not even celebrities, just people with a profile. Anyone, politicians, could be CEOs, executives. I... I feel bad for them because I remember, you know, having only been around for three decades, two decades ago, the world was a very different place and you could get away with, not get away with a lot more, but in the context of that world, posting in the early stages of the internet, nobody thought their thoughts and feelings were going to be forever. Mm. And a lot of their thoughts and feelings were those of the majority because the world was a very racist place or at least Australia both is and was a very racist place. And to put that sort of content out into the world wasn't controversial, but it is now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess we we took a deep dive into yours and mine and there was stuff there that, you know, if we posted that now, we'd probably be crucified. Well, I would never post that now. And in fact, I would go, I should go back and delete some of that now because, yeah, it's embarrassing. Mm. But that's that's the whole world of cancel culture. And I think cancel culture inherently stems from the history of social media or what's in someone's social media history. Mm, All it takes is one person that has a bit of a vendetta against you to do a deep dive. Exactly. And once once they find that one piece of evidence, they can completely tear your career down. Exactly. It's It's a really scary thought because how long do we spend, you know, working towards our careers, studying for them, finding jobs, mm. um, progressing through those jobs, getting promotions. Like it's it's many years. I mean, I've been doing mine for at least seven. But the fact that something that I wrote when I was potentially seven years old could ruin everything is a really scary thought. It is. And I think my reaction to it is almost this air of deniability mm. or almost invincibility. I, I, I know... I'm confident and comfortable in myself and where I am right now that if I, I don't know, if someone were to go through and find stuff about me, I've, I've got this belief that I, I don't care. Mm, that you would be okay, that you would survive. Mm. It. It's but, a hard one because, you know, as someone who, you know, for, for, um, for background, I work in communications as well as physiotherapy. There are definitely things in your you're on your socials that a company could put to you and that would be fireable offences. Mm. So, But there's almost this air of, I think, I don't know if it's just the, the nature of the profession that we're in, but if I get fired, 
I know I can get a job anywhere else. True. I guess it depends on how bad is the... How bad is the, the offence in which you got yeah. fired for? I yeah. mean, there's some things you can never come back from. I guess it depends on the severity of what the offence was that you got fired from. But mm. I agree. It is an employee's market, basically, that we're, we're in at the moment with healthcare. But that's not to say that you could end up in a really sticky situation or any of us could. Yeah, potentially. I think we all have skeletons in our closet on our socials, mm. particularly when you go through those high school years. Like we're, we're forming an identity. We're forming our beliefs. Us of back then to, to now are completely different people. Yeah, and exactly. And I think in my world, I, I recognise that and I understand that, especially being someone that's, you know, POC and, and we've, we've touched on the whole racism side of things. I understand that back then was different and people who are racist back then or, or said things like that. I recognise they live in a different world. I believe people change and people grow. And so if, if I see someone that has like a, a history of posting some negative things, I, from my perspective, you know, am, am okay with it because it's, they're not doing it right now. They're a different person right now. Yeah. I think it's case dependent. Yeah, but absolutely. Mm. I agree with what you said back 10 years ago or 15 years ago when we were posting some of that stuff that we went through. We were still developing our thoughts and feelings about the world. We were still interacting with things for the first time, whether that was, you know, people of a different race or situations where you were in a concert in Melbourne. I'm sure that was very overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff there. You can just get caught up in the excitement of everything, post something into the world of Twitter or Facebook, try and feel that connection. And maybe you, you got it back. There's positive reassurance. Maybe what you posted was a bit controversial so you kind of flick it out again because that's where you got connection. So then you get connection coming back and mm. all of a sudden you're down this wormhole of a topic that is not appropriate. Perhaps it was appropriate then, but you pull it into 2023 and, you know, the juxtaposition of how societal values have moved on and progressed and changed, it just looks so horrible. Mm, absolutely. And I feel bad for those people that get cancelled because of it. Yeah. I mean, and that's the whole topic in itself, isn't it? Cancel culture and probably something that we can dive into yeah. in the next few episodes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a big can of worms, isn't it? And as I said before, I think we've all got these skeletons regardless of who we are nowadays. Like yeah. if you dig deep enough, you can find shit on anyone. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And it's pretty easy to do that these days. Mm. A lot of people's accounts are open. And even if they're not, you know, you can find someone who follows that person or is friends with them on Facebook. Yeah. No, yeah. you've definitely given me some things to think about today. and You should go and clean up your accounts because <laughs> if I can find it, anyone can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As always, thank you guys for listening. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, you can just message us on social media. We always have our Instagrams in the episode notes because we love a little bit of adoration. (laughs) Yes, and what a great way to sum up our episode on social media. Exactly. Until next week. Bye-bye.